This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. Today will be a special show, which will uh, deviate slightly from our normal pattern to um, carry over our guest in segment two into segment three. This will be Davis author Tom Bleese, who has a new book out titled Prescription for the Planet, containing some ideas sure to be provocative. These are ideas which we think have great merit, and uh, for that reason, we're going to talk about them at some length. Stay tuned for that in our second segment and third segments today. We want to note by way of follow-up that uh, last week's guest, Neil deGrasse Tyson, is, is appearing this evening at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco. And perhaps you're listening to this as you're driving down to see him. I know we got some uh, great feedback for that interview uh, we did with him, and, and we're pleased to note we beat Neil Conan of uh, NPR's Talk of the Nation uh, to Dr. Tyson. And uh, we enjoyed speaking with Jeff Feckety about his book, Making the Big Game. And Jeff will come on probably next week to take a look back at, uh, at the Super Bowl this year, which was uh, thankfully uh, an exciting game. Not, not, not all of them have been. And uh, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, well, congratulations. And first, if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, uh, you know, uh, they quitted themselves very well also. We want to also note that on next week's program, a uh, man we've been in pursuit of for many a year, Dr. Dean Adele, will, uh, will join us. I did finally have a chance to meet uh, Dr. Dean at uh, his talk at the Sacramento uh, Speaker Series event this week. Something I want to thank uh, Jeff uh, Feckety for. Uh, Jeff uh, got me in to the little uh, meet and greet that Dr. Dean had before the talk. Anyway, let's begin this program as we like to do with On This Date in History. Our date in question is February the 5th. And yes, there are two R's in February, and both are pronounced. It was on February the 5th in 1901 that American Ed Prescott patented the Loop-the-Loop Centrifugal Railroad. This is better known today as the Roller Coaster. Four years later, in 1905, pilot T.S. Baldwin pitted his dirigible against an automobile in a 10-mile race. He won by a margin of three minutes. This day in 1943, American middleweight boxer Jake LaMotta beat Sugar Ray Robinson in the second of their six famous bouts. It was Robinson's first defeat and, in fact, the only time the Bronx Bull would prevail over Robinson. Remember when LaMotta was asked about those fights in the wake of the movie Raging Bull, he said, Yeah, I fought sugar so many times I got diabetes. And finally, it was on this date, February 5th in 1989, 20 years ago today, that Soviet troops withdrew from Kabul, Afghanistan, signaling a close to nearly 10 years of fighting that killed 13,000 Russians and wounded 22,000. It is not generally known by the public that the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan was induced by Zbigniew Brzezinski and elements of U.S. intelligence who were hoping to give the Russians their own Vietnam. By using Saudi money and recruiting Islamic crazies from all over the Muslim world and uh, supplementing their efforts with the U.S. tax dollars and weaponry, a la Charlie Wilson's war, 
This uh, brilliant geopolitical move uh, of defeating the Soviets in Afghanistan has bequeathed us 9-11 and the current war on terror. Not such a good thing. On the other hand, a lot of people feel this really contributed to the demise of the old USSR, which is a good thing. Our quote of the day comes from Robert Townsend, who said, Consultants are people who borrow your watch and tell you what time it is, and then walk off with the watch. Our quote of the day comes from Dr. Douglas Bush, who said, Behavioral psychology is the science of pulling habits out of rats. Our stat of the day, oh, that $700 billion Wall Street bailout, turns out that's about $175 billion more than school districts, states, and the federal government spent in 2008 on all forms of public education. Our joke of the day involves the tale of the man who was in the hospital visiting his sick wife. Not long after surgery, she awoke, looked at him and said, Honey, you're so handsome. She slept a bit, woke up 15 minutes later, looked at him and said, Honey, you're so cute. Noticing that this was something of a demotion, the husband looked at her and said, What happened to handsome? Wife said, I guess the drugs are wearing off. Why don't we do the good, the bad, and the ugly? It was apparently a good week a couple weeks back for Heather Mills, who was quoted as saying she can't figure out why she's getting so much male attention. Said Mills, I get asked out all the time. And my girlfriends who are better looking than me say, how the hell does that happen? In the process of ending her marriage to Sir Paul McCartney last year, Mills walked away with nearly $40 million. Speculating about her newfound popularity, Mills said, well, maybe it's because I'm comfortable with myself. On the other hand, it was a bad week last week for the plutocrats that attended the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Apparently, they're feeling the pinch, too. The New York Times noted that a growing number of attendees were opting for a single-engine helicopter charter from Zurich to Davos, which is only half the price of the $8,500 ride by twin-engined aircraft. And finally, it was an ugly week last week for the Grand Old Party, also known as the Republican Party, when it was revealed that uh, several experts, after reviewing the satellite photos of the District of Columbia during the inauguration, noted that the size of the crowd was in fact 1.8 million, making it the largest crowd ever for any event in Washington, D.C. Speaking of the inauguration, it was revealed in retrospect that the quartet that was playing... Gabriela Montero, Anthony McGill, Itzhak Perlman, and Yo-Yo Ma actually performed to a pre-recorded musical session. They claimed they had to because the piano keys were sticking in the cold and there was too much crowd noise. Shades of Millie Vanilli. Speaking of Republicans, have you noted that all of a sudden the GOP is really concerned about being fiscally conservative? Yes, after eight years of spending like drunken sailors on shore leave, they've gone back to their Herbert Hoover roots. 
And by the way, shouldn't we be calling this current time of economic woes the Bush Depression to, to contrast it with the Great Depression? I'd like to formally propose that as its new name. I don't know if you noticed the heartwarming story of the children in the orphanage in Tikrit, Iraq, who unwrapped a sculpture they'd created of shoes to celebrate the shoes thrown by the Iraqi journalist and former president George W. Bush. The orphanage director said the sculpture was removed Saturday by police who said political displays don't belong on government property. And we've got a lot of ground to cover today, so let's close our first segment with uh, a correction. We do our level best to present data here that is factually based. Something the likes of Rush Limbaugh ought to consider taking up. But we regret to inform you that we misinformed you last year when we told you that Cheetah of Tarzan movie fame was still alive and was in fact the world's oldest chimpanzee. Well, it's just not so. The alleged 75-year-old chimp that's been trotted out as the purported co-star to Johnny Weissmiller and Ronald Reagan in Bedtime for Bonzo is definitely some other chimp. Yes, apparently author R.D. Rosen was asked to be Cheetah's biographer, and when he began doing some basic research into the background of the swinging simian, he was very much unable to verify his identity. In fact, his careful review of the Tarzan movies and Bedtime for Bonzo showed that there was a definite non-match of the ears of the juvenile chimps in those movies and that of today's alleged cheetah. In fact, it's clear that in the Tarzan movies, the cheetah role had been played by many different chimps, all of which were juveniles and none of which apparently were quote, cheetah, unquote. There you have it. We're sorry to report it, but those are the facts, ma'am. I'm Douglas Everett. You're listening to Radio Parallax. After a short break, we'll come back and talk to Tom Bleese about his new book, Prescription for the Planet. 